0: What is going on, Laker fans? Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in. This is the final edition of preseason basketball of Lakers Talk. So when I come back next week, we're previewing you for the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets will be grabbing their championship rings. Uh, Five preseason games in the books. Just one more preseason game left to go. Uh, Got a lot to get into. Yovan Bua is going to join us in about a half hour. He covers the Lakers for the Athletic. Got some topics. Yes, we'll do our kind of our, our regular ones of is the starting five. Do we kind of have an idea who that's going to be? Torian Prince has started four games in a row. Um, but the, the main thing, this is how I'm going to start the show, is I just want to spend some time on what we've exactly learned over these five preseason games on the Los Angeles Lakers. By the way, have we really learned that much? i got to be honest with you. I think whatever I thought before media day, before training camp, and before preseason, I still kind of have the same exact thought process and the mentality. And it's not a bad one, but I think it's just what I expected. So let me kind of get into what I'm uh, referring to. Uh, by the way, if you guys want to be a part of the show uh, tonight, uh, obviously following the Major League Baseball games, um, feel free to hit me on Twitter, at Alan Slewa. That's at Alan Sliwa. So Coming into this year, I have a lot less questions than I did a year ago. And a year ago is not a good example because a year ago, it just could not get any worse as far as the position that the Lakers were in. They were coming into a season where they had won 33 games and 49 losses. They were coming into a season with a brand new head coach that's never been a head coach. I know he's been in the NBA for a long time. Certainly, Darvin Am has served, has paid his dues, but it's also going to be his first year as a coach, and it's not like it's a small market team. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, you had a roster where you just kind of questioned, man, we got a lot of guards here, not exactly much wings or length or size or whatever the case is. You had a player in Russell Westbrook that since he got traded to the Lakers, everyone just keeps asking, all right, is he out? You got to give up two first-rounders to get him out of here. Let's just think about where this team was a year ago and how many question marks you had coming in. This season is unique because we don't have that many question marks. We don't have the same questions that we did a year ago. That I know who Darvin Ham is. I know who Austin Reeves is. I know what D'Angelo Russell is. I know what Rui Hachimura is. LeBron, Anthony Davis, go down the list. That not only do you have players that came off a season where they got to the Western Conference Finals. That they did um, over-deliver as far as what the expectations were going to be. But you also have some continuity in, I, I know these guys. They just got to the Western Conference Finals against the Denver Nuggets and there's a lot of familiar faces. Now that's not to say that there aren't also some new faces that came in, but the new faces are just complementing what the Lakers already had. They're just complementing the strength that the Lakers already had finishing off last year. So as far as what I've learned in the preseason, I don't think I've learned a whole lot. I think I've learned that Torian Prince is a really nice basketball player. But I already knew that, and I knew that he's a vet that could come here, be a 3-and-D guy, and maybe he's going to be in the starting lineup. Maybe he's he's not going to be. Um, I didn't really need to learn something new about Rui. Really didn't need to learn something new about, okay, what's Jackson Hayes going to be for the Lakers? What's Cam Reddish going to be for the Lakers? Gabe Vincent, I just watched him against the Miami Heat. I'm not too worried about him. So I don't think I've had a lot of questions answered, but I don't think I had a lot of questions to begin with. And these preseason games are are really tough indicators to make sense of you know what the regular season is going to look like. LeBron's played in two of the five games. Austin Rees has played in two of the five games. Anthony Davis is virtually just playing the first half in most of these games. So uh, I don't think we were in a position by any stretch of the imagination to look at this Lakers team and say, oh my gosh, I got so many questions coming into the year. And, and man... Do these questions need to get answered before the season starts? No, I, th- I think they're good. And I think everybody probably has a similar feeling. Okay. Lakers are going to be one of the teams that are in contention. I don't know yet if, um, I don't know yet if this is the product that you need to go win a chip, but I don't think we have to find that out by November first, by December first or by January first. I think, you know, over time, we're gonna find we're gonna learn more and more about this Lakers team and this Lakers roster. That if they do have a legitimate, legitimate chance to win the whole thing, so I think that that part of it we'll find out once the season starts. But um, I, I got I got no issues with what the Lakers have done so far in preseason. I think the only thing that has stood out to me most is the depth and how many different guys they have that can contribute this upcoming year. Uh, you can easily go. 10, 11, 12 deep on this Lakers team. I mean, right out the gate, you obviously know whatever the five are. You know who's going to come off the bench. It could be Rui, uh, what do you want to say, Jared Vanderbilt, um, uh, Gabe Vincent. I mean, there's already you know a number of guys right there that are going to be available for the Lakers. And then... Well, I guess the depth is all right, how much PT is Cam Reddish gonna get? Jackson Hayes, Max Christie. I, I think that's really the only question you're asked, but you're asking nine through twelve, you not really have a question through or ten through twelve, you don't really have a question for the first nine players on the squad. So um it's been a preseason where you're just kind of getting ready for the regular season to start. I, I think that's the best way to describe it. I have a really good idea of what this Lakers team is gonna be, and they're gonna be one of the best teams in the NBA. Now I guess one of the questions that is missing about this Lakers team, if you look back at, um, and I I know I've referenced this a couple times, certainly I've referenced it when I'm doing the show with Travis or when I'm doing uh, um, the pregame show with Michael, the NBA GMs, every year, they're asked 30 questions. And the questions that they're asked is everything from most likely to be MVP, most likely to be rookie of the year, Best coach in the NBA. Go down the list. You could go on NBA.com. You could see all those questions. But one of the questions is most likely to win an NBA championship. And what I'm trying to figure out, and I I don't disagree, by the way. I don't disagree with this, but I'm trying to figure out what do these other teams have that the Lakers don't? Because the NBA GMs put out there that the the team most likely to win the whole thing, 33% of the vote went to the Denver Nuggets. 33% of the vote went to the Boston Celtics. And then there was a percentage that went to the Milwaukee Bucks, a percentage that went to the Phoenix Suns, and then I think there was one vote that went to the Los Angeles Clippers. The Lakers were not mentioned a part of that conversation. The Lakers were not. So my question is, what is it that those other teams have that the Lakers don't have? And if you asked me today... Hey, Alan, are the Lakers a top five team in the NBA? I said, yes, I think they're top five, but they're fifth. That there's this upper tier, this first tier that's there, if you kind of layer the NBA, and I think the Lakers are just right after that. But it's not like there aren't question marks with those other teams as well. This is why I say time is going to be on the Lakers' side this year where they can figure out once the season starts going, how did we look when we played the Suns? How did we look when we played the Nuggets? How did we look when they played Philadelphia or Milwaukee or Boston? I'm just picking some of the better teams in the NBA that have some of the the MVP caliber players on there. I think we're going to find out just are, are the Lakers in that class or are they not? Are they properly rated to be that fifth best team or the fifth best odds or sixth best odds, whatever the case is? Each team that I mentioned also has question marks. It's not just the Lakers. Let me let me let me give you an example here. Yesterday we got to see the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks look good. Granted, it's a preseason game. They went out there and got Damian freaking Lillard. Okay, but they lost a defender in Drew Holiday. Chris Middleton has always had health issues. They lost some of their depth. Do they have enough depth to go up against uh, you know, one of these teams in a seven game set? There's some question marks there. The Boston Celtics, I think a lot of people like what they did in the offseason, but don't forget here. Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, three players that have been big rotational players for the Celtics, they're all gone. I know they got Porzingis, I know they got um I know they got uh uh Drew Holiday who they just got, which was brilliant for them to find a way how to get him, but there's some question marks with the Boston Celtics. How do you know that that's all going to gel? Are they going to be the same defensive team that they were a year ago? The Denver Nuggets lost Bruce Brown. They lost Jeff Green. Okay, a little bit less depth there. The Phoenix Suns. How does Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker all work together? So, I think for the Lakers, I think coming into this preseason into training camp, you got to like what the Lakers have. And even if you think they're just behind the 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 upper echelon of the pack I don't think they're that far behind and as the season starts we're going to find out a little bit more of no I think we're kind of we're underestimating what the Lakers are they need to be with the rest of the pack up there or maybe we find out all right the Lakers got to make some tweaks at some point if they want to really truly compete with the best teams in the NBA so I for me I think that's what's going to be most interesting with this Lakers team because so far in preseason I don't have a lot of questions. So far in preseason, I'm not looking at this Lakers team and saying, well, that's a glaring issue and that's a glaring issue. It's more, let's just get the season started and see what the Lakers have, and we know they're going to be one of the better teams uh, better teams in the league. You know, one quick thing I want to mention from yesterday's game against the Bucks. It was cool to see the Bucks because they just got Damian Lillard. It was also cool to see Giannis and, and Anthony Davis doing their thing. You know, we only get a couple times a year to see those two go up against each other, and I know that they're not guarding each other every possession, anything like that, but in just 15 minutes for Giannis, how 16 points, 8 rebounds, and a couple of block shots? All right? For Anthony, Anthony Davis, in just what AD play? 19 minutes, how 16 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 2 block shots? You know those guys look forward to going up against one another, and I don't think they play again literally until March, so it's going to be that long until the two teams play each other again. Um, it looked really weird seeing Damian Lillard in a Bucks uniform and just getting a chance to see Giannis and Anthony Davis. And listen, if you're AD, go look at the ESPN player rankings. One, two, and three are the top three big men in the NBA, and and, and AD is just not in that conversation. It's Giannis, Giannis Joker, and Bede. That's ESPN did the play, player rankings. That's one, two, and three. AD is all the way out at 10. And whether Anthony Davis cares about that or not, I'm sure he looks at anytime he goes up against some of the other greats. And I'm sure the other greats look at Anthony Davis and say, You're not in our class. And I'm sure that's a, a back and forth that happens all the time. Okay. Want to do a couple things when we come back. Um, number one. The starting five is still a conversation, and we only got one preseason game left. Do we know who's going to be the starter? I have a good idea just based off of what we've seen so far in preseason. I don't know if it's by default or it's by plan. Let's do that when we come back. Stay right here. And just a quick reminder, Lakers Talk is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood, Valvoline, and let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free Bright Side Breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a
1: fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
2: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
0: we are going to have Jovan Buha The Athletic join us in about, eh, you call it 15 minutes or so. So make sure you're around for that. Um, also, Lakers Talk is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood, Valvoline. Let the expert technicians, make sure your ride is in peak performance. Just visit SoCalOilChains.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Uh, anytime it's time to get the car serviced, stop wasting time. Just go get your car serviced. Go to Valvoline. They'll, uh, they'll take good care of you. So – what we've seen so far in preseason play is – I don't know if it's by default, but I will tell you what Darvin Ham said yesterday that makes me think, okay, this is just the position that the Lakers are in. I don't know when training camp started. This will be a question that I ask uh, Jovan when he comes on. When training camp started, was this – okay, we already know the four starters. D'Lo, which was announced early on that D'Lo was going to be a starter. Austin Reeves, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Who's going to be the fifth starter? And I'm not sure if when training camp started that the Lakers said, all right, we don't know. Let's figure it out. Let's let's let Jared Vanderbilt and Rui Hachimura and maybe Jackson Hayes, if you want to go super big, um, and Torian Prince. (coughs) Excuse me there. Let's let them all fight for it. Let's just look at the Lakers, their predicament, their situation. I'm sure they were looking at all the depth that they have and said, let's let them compete. And whoever comes out and and makes the best case – That plays well and clicks well with LeBron and Anthony Davis. And let's roll with the punches there. Also knowing that you want to save some of your talent to come off the bench. Um, We've seen a lot of championship teams that don't necessarily start their best five. They finish with their best five. But that doesn't mean whoever you start with is your best five. So if that was the case in training camp, this is what's happened so far. Jared Vanderbilt has basically been out the entire time. He's dealing with a heel issue and yesterday, before the Lakers and the Bucks, um, Darvin talked about how he was going to wait until Friday. They're going to reevaluate Jared Vanderbilt come Friday. So it doesn't sound like, obviously, he's going to be playing on Thursday. And here's Torian Prince, who's pretty much been in the starting lineup this entire time and has come in and has done a great job. In in any one of these games, you, you could look back at the Lakers game against the uh, Golden State Warriors, which was a couple of nights ago. Um, he shot five of six from the field. He hit four three-pointers. He had 17 points. Okay, uh, Yesterday, he hit a couple more three-pointers, so he's certainly a threat from the three-point line. I want to go back. I think it was that game in Anaheim. The Lakers played the Sacramento Kings. In that game, Torian Prince... Uh, part of the starting lineup as well, 5-9 and nine from the field, 13 points, 7 rebounds, 2-5 from the three-point line. I don't know if this was the plan that the Lakers thought Torian Prince has a legitimate chance of being a starter, or this is by default, but I feel like Torian Prince is making his case of, look, if Jared Vanderbilt's not ready to go, he's dealing with health issues, there's no sweat here. I'll jump into the starting lineup and whether Torian Prince now becomes the starter for the Lakers moving forward or it's just for a certain amount of time, um, he very, very well looks like could potentially be the the starting, the fifth starter for the Lakers, and I don't have an issue with that. I've talked about it on this show or I've talked about it on the pregame show. I've been pretty consistent that I don't want Rui starting because I want Rui Hachimura to come off the bench, and I think that he could be a threat with Christian Wood where they get the bulk of the attention on offense and then you just got great size, great length, and kind of see what those two can do together. Rui has also gone out of his way to say, I- I'm not worried about starting. I just want to make sure I'm playing a lot of minutes, and I also want to close out games. So Rui's talked about how uh, what his hope is play him 30 minutes a night and make sure that he's closing games. And he did just sign a contract with the Lakers three years, $51 million. So I'm sure Rui's trying to also show that I'm worth every penny there. Um, So it it does look like it's probably going to be Torian. I just don't know if that's by default because Jared Vanderbilt has been injured or – that was the plan all along, or if they just said, hey, let's just let everybody compete and whatever happens, happens. But I don't got an issue with it, and if it is Torian Prince, I really don't see any issues with that as well. A um, couple other things that have kind of stuck to my mind here over the course of these last couple of days, and I think the Lakers are in this position coming up on Thursday where I wouldn't be surprised if the Lake show say... Okay, final preseason game. Let let's let's play our guys. Let let's make sure that w- this is our last tune-up to go up against um the, I don't know if you guys have seen the Lakers schedule to start off the year, but they've got a really tough schedule to start the year. So, this is going to be the last time and only, I think they only play one game in 9 days. So, it's not like there's going to be more opportunities after this, but Lakers start at Denver. Then they host the Phoenix Suns. Then they're at Sacramento. They got one game that you think would be a layup home against the Orlando Magic, and then they're playing the late or playing the Clippers in a in a Laker home game. And we know that how that's gone for the Lakers in the regular season against the Clippers. First five game of the Lakers, four out of the five teams that the Lakers are playing are all teams that not just in the playoffs in the Western Conference, but a couple of those teams, true contenders to win the entire thing. The reason why I set it up that way. I do look at this last game against the Phoenix, uh, against the Phoenix Suns, as a okay. Let, let's let let's have everybody play. Whether that's and I don't want them to play just for a half. I want them to play because they get so much time to rest by the time they actually play. They don't play again until Tuesday, so you're gonna get another four days of full rest. I'd love to see the Lakers. Leave Anthony Davis in there for three quarters. Leave Braun in there for three quarters. Leave Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Torian Prince. Maybe even make an announcement come Thursday. Okay, guys, we got our starting lineup of who we're going to use here moving forward. It's going to be Torian Prince. Just kind of start getting that flow of, all right, the regular season's it's coming. We don't have any gimmies or layups right out the gate. Four out of the first five games are going to be tough. Let's see what that rotation looks like. Let's see what those players look like um, all playing together. That's my hope. That's what I'm hoping for uh, to see from this Lakers team that come Thursday, we actually get to see a lot of the players that uh, we have not uh, at least got an opportunity to play extended minutes together. So I got an opportunity yesterday. There was a lot of chatter since, I mean, heck, since the last time I did Lakers talk, I know the quote wasn't out there yet, but Darvin Ham had, had talked last week after a practice of how he wanted to see Anthony Davis take about six threes a game, three and a half. And I, I think that I think that threw everybody off a little bit. It certainly threw me off. I know I've mentioned it a couple times with Michael in the pregame show. Travis and I have hit on it in the mornings. So yesterday before the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks I asked uh, Coach. I asked Arvin Ham if he kind of wanted to <laughs> expand on that a little bit. What's the balance of wanting to see Anthony Davis out on the perimeter versus wanting to see Anthony Davis in the block, doing his work and getting teams into foul trouble and um, kind of living at the free throw line, getting an opportunity to to work maybe ten feet from the basket, fifteen feet from the basket, get offensive rebounds and so forth, and. The answer that I got back, I I, I think the goal, what Darvin Ham, the message that he was trying to send to Anthony Davis, I don't think it was the literal sense. And maybe that's where this puzzled all of us is when he gave an actual number to how many threes that he wants to have Anthony Davis take. I, I don't think the literal number of take three a half, take three a half, make sure you have six a game. I don't think that's what he meant. I think what Darvin Ham meant, what he was trying to explain yesterday is I want the man to know he has a green light to do whatever he thinks. I want him to know, based off of his skill set, what makes him so great is don't hesitate. If you got an open jumper, take the jumper. If you got an open three, somebody's you know sagging off of you, or there's just great ball movement, and you end up with it. Take the three, take the jumper. That it's not necessarily meaning you got a good 15 foot jumper, but because Darvin Ham said he wants you to take six threes a game, you got to dribble back two, three feet so you can get to the three-point line and, and and jack up a three, it sounds like the point that he made more than anything else was, I want Anthony Davis to know he can take any shot, anytime as long as it's a good shot, as long as it's in the flow of the offense and just take it from there. So that's what I ended up pulling away from. Because, uh, uh, listen, for me, I, I've said this a number of different times. If I'm an opposing team and Anthony Davis wants to shoot a 22-footer, I'm not playing defense on Anthony Davis. I'm going to keep my hand up, but that's it. Because I don't have an answer or a solution to stop Anthony Davis inside the key. I don't have an answer if Anthony Davis wants to be aggressive. He's going to get my big man into foul trouble. He's going to have three fouls in the first quarter or four fouls in the first half. I don't have an answer for Anthony Davis in the block. But if AD wants to live on the outside, then I'm going to let him live out there. Now it's just a matter of is that something where Anthony Davis kind of understands what the proper balance is? Hopefully, he doesn't overreact to it as well and take too many threes. So we'll have to see as that one uh, develops. Okay. Got a number of these questions that we already brought up. I'm going to bring up to Yovan. We'll do that coming up next. day right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right. Is your vehicle due for service? Head into your neighborhood, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-thru uh, through drive oil change. For over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services. For busy people just like you at valvoline you stay in your car while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance um i'm going to kind of simplify this everybody you're driving around southern california check engine light comes on and you start procrastinating and say "Ah, i'll take care of it in a week i'll take care of it in a month there's no need to when you have valvoline instant oil change it takes about 15 minutes there's locations all through southern California. They'll take care of your oil change, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Go to the website. Find a location near you. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition.
0: All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Uh, half hour down, half hour to go. I want to welcome in Yovon Buha, NBA reporter covering the Los Angeles Lakers for The Athletic. Yovon, thank you for uh, taking the time. Um, okay, we're we're five games into preseason basketball. We have a chance now. Just uh, one more game left. Lakers obviously got the Suns coming up on uh, Thursday. Um, Yovon, I, I want to start... Just to kind of get your thoughts not not particularly on what you've seen so far, but more what's left to learn about the Lakers. Is there is there something you don't know about this team? Are there some question marks that you know you get ready for the regular season to start that are, are, are big time questions? Well, just where are you with what you've seen already? Uh, I, I think the, the only real remaining thing I look at is who
1: is that fifth starter? I think that all the clues are pointing in the direction of Torian Prince. He's been the only – he's been the fifth starter in the two games that the Lakers have gone with uh, the, the other four starters. Uh, so I think that's really it in, in kind of maybe some of the rotational battles in terms of who's the ninth guy, who's the tenth guy. Uh, I think entering training camp, I had Jackson Hayes penciled out of the rotation Uh, Both with the way that he's performed in preseason, I think he looks like uh, someone who's going to factor into the rotation heavily. Uh, So then it kind of becomes, do they go with 11 guys? Uh, Like where's Max Christie in it? But uh, I think that's all good problems. So really for me, it's just the rotation. Uh, Darwin said that he's going to go with, you know, a regular season type rotation for the first three quarters of that game against the Suns. And then as a smaller thing, I'm, Interested in seeing how they match up with the Suns, if Phoenix does go with uh, their normal lineup in, in rotation, uh, like who's guarding Kevin Durant, who's guarding Devin Booker, who's guarding Bradley Beal, and how do those matchups look against the team that the Lakers will likely have to face uh, if they want to get out of the West. But uh, right now I've, I've been very encouraged by everything I've seen in the preseason. I think the offense has been amazing. Um, I referenced this stat, uh, you know several times over the last few days, but they scored 177 points in the five quarters mm. with a regular rotation. Uh, that translates to about 35.4 points uh, per quarter, which is 141.6 points a game. And of course, they're not going to average 141 uh, you know points a game. But I think for me, I've been very encouraged by the offense, by the shooting, by the new five-out system that Darvin Ham has implemented. And, you know, I think looking at some of the recent LeBron AD teams, those teams have made their mark w- with their defense. And I think this group has that capability. But they've always been a middling offensive team that's really just relied on LeBron and AD being superheroes and carrying them. But with the way that Austin's playing, with the way that Delo's playing, with some of the new shooting that they have, uh, I think this group is going to be able to hold their own even when LeBron and AD are off the floor. And that's something you couldn't always say about previous Laker teams.
0: Okay, Jovan, a couple things just from, uh, from the way you laid everything out right there. I'll start with the Torian Prince piece. Do you think Prince becomes the starter for the Lakers by default? Is that because do, – do, I guess the question is, do you think the original plan was Jared Vanderbilt? Or do you think this was – Okay, he's got a little bit of an injury. Torian Prince has obviously jumped in the starting lineup. He's looked good. He spaces the floor. He could hit his threes. There's a lot of great characteristics that he brings to the table. Or do you think this was, we have no idea who we're going to put in that fifth spot and let's let these guys play for it?
1: I, I think it was a legitimate competition entering camp. Uh, that, that was what I reported. Uh, everything I've been hearing from around the start of free agency and uh, once Rui was resigned was the Lakers were planning on uh, making Rui that fifth starter and he was the favorite entering camp but uh, LA went with Vanderbilt primarily for that first day of training camp with the starters and they they tested out Torrey and Prince and I think from that point Prince has been the favorite and then you add in the fact that Vanderbilt might not even be available now for uh, opening night as Darvin Ham said he's going to miss Thursday's game and then be reevaluated Friday uh, I think that kind of sets it up where I don't know if you want to just throw him in cold, especially when the last time we saw him uh, in, in, you know, last season, he was struggling in that Denver matchup and, and was ultimately uh, played out of the starting lineup and then really kind of played out of the rotation overall. So uh, I look at that Denver matchup of you don't want to necessarily change your starting lineup based on personnel, but I do think a, a Rui Hachimura or a Torian Prince makes much more sense. Uh, against Denver than Jared Vanderbilt does. Uh, So I I think it's going to be Torian Prince. Um, uh, You know, I haven't heard anything official on that, but I I think everything's trending in that direction. And I think it makes sense. I think he's looked really good in the preseason. He's obviously the best shooter among those three guys. Uh, I think we've seen now he's had multiple games with multiple threes. Um, The the one concern there potentially is the defense, in my opinion. Uh, I I think, you know, those first couple games he had something like 11 fouls in in 23 minutes, and I know part of that's a preseason rust and and you're adjusting to a new defensive system, a new team, Uh, but I don't think, you know, I I do think there's a a healthy gap there between him and Vando defensively, and and I would even say a a bit of a gap between him and Rui with Rui's ability to switch on to bigger players. He can guard a Jokic, he can guard an Aaron Gordon. I don't think Torian Prince could do that, so we'll see. I, I mean, I think the Lakers have actually kind of, played him more on, like, guards and, and had him chasing guys rather than playing those bigger wings. So maybe that falls more on just LeBron and AD, and they have to do more defensively. But um, I think Torian's fit really well to starters, and it's clear L.A.'s prioritizing offense and shooting, and I think that makes sense.
0: Yovan Bua, NBA reporter covering the Los Angeles Lakers for The Athletic joining Lakers talk here. Um, Yovan, I, I've seen whether it's uh, – NBA.com or ESPN does their rankings or even just look at Vegas and some of the spreads that are out there. Favorites to win an NBA championship. And, and you're seeing um, a group of the same teams. You're seeing Milwaukee on there, Boston on there, Denver on there, Phoenix on there. I even saw that that NBA, NBA GMs who voted on, I think it was 30 different questions. One of them most likely win an NBA championship. Even Clippers got a vote there. Um, I, I know the Lakers are, Considered here the second tier, but on the top of that second tier, what what are they missing? What what don't they have that's leaving more people to think? You know what? No, Lakers are one of the top three four teams that should be in the conversation of as is. They got a shot of winning it all.
1: It's a good question. Um, in my opinion, it still is that wing spot. I think if we're looking at how they match up against some of those other teams. Um, you know, I, I no longer consider LeBron a wing. I consider LeBron a big. If you look at the way that the Lakers have used him the last two years, uh, he's played more at center than at small forward uh, per cleaning the glass and basketball reference and their lineup data. So um, I know, you know we talk about the two bigs and where LeBron fits in. it. Like Le- LeBron has played more at the five than at the three. So I, I don't think you can – I think maybe come playoff time and, and in a specific series or a specific game or, or quarter – yes, you can call on LeBron to be uh, like a Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard stopper. But to do that for 82 games or however many games he ends up playing, I don't think that's realistic. Year 21 about to be 39. Uh, so I do think if you look at um, some, of the, some of the elite teams, be it Boston or Denver or Phoenix or the Clippers, although I would slot the Lakers ahead of the Clippers to, to be clear, um, I think those teams are stronger on the wing. And if you look at their personnel in that six to six and that kind of six, six to six, eight range, uh, you know, like, I mean, Boston has Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown and the Clippers have Kawhi and PG and the Suns have Kevin Durant bookers a little bit on the smaller side, but I, I think he kind of qualifies. Um, and then just going through some of those teams, I think they have elite wing scores that the Lakers don't have great matchups for where, you put Vando out there, well, teams aren't going to guard him. That kind of sure. compromises your offense. You know, Rui might not have the foot speed. Torian, I, I just don't think, is that caliber of defender. So that's the one spot I kind of look at with this team of, um, I still think there, you know we, there's not a clear answer there at the three. And the three has kind of become arguably the most important position in the modern NBA. Uh, but I mean, I think that's kind of nitpicking because every team has a weakness and you could go down, you know, some of those teams don't have the depth that the Lakers have. Some of those teams, uh, like I look at a team like the Warriors don't have the size put in there. They don't have the size to Mm -hmm. match up with the Lakers. It's a horrible matchup for, for the Warriors. Um, so, you know, on paper they might win more games than the Lakers. They might, you know, some people might think they're better than the Lakers, but you put the Lakers and Warriors together, I'm going to pick the Lakers to win that series because of how the, you know, recent matchups have played out. So, I think you could go down the list and and come up with a weakness for for every team. Like Denver lost a lot of depth. They're relying on a bunch of young guys for that bench. Um, I would say for me, though, particularly like the perimeter wing defense is the one thing for me with the Lakers. And then the shooting has looked better, but it has been a weakness for them for several years now. And I want to see it over a sustained stretch. Because I I think even in in recent seasons, there's maybe been some hot starts and then they kind of cool off and like I want to see like a month of good Lakers shooting to officially kind of buy into this is sustainable. But again, we, you know, you can nitpick any contender. Everyone has flaws. Uh, but for me, I, I look at the perimeter defense against bigger wings, and I, I want to see the three-point shooting be sustainable.
0: Jovan Bua covers the Lakers for The Athletic, uh, joining us here on Lakers Talk. Um, Yovan, one of the conversations, one of the strengths that the Lakers have is their depth. And I think you could easily look at 10, 11, 12 guys – that mm-hmm. could get some opportunity over an 82-game stretch. Um, what what of the players that are kind of towards the end of that line do you think might be the odd man out? I, I, I guess what I'm referring to here is guys like Cam Reddish, guys like Max Christie, uh, uh, Christian Wood, even though I think Christian Wood's going to get uh, some pretty good amount of uh, playing time or get his opportunities. Are, are there some players that you think because the Lakers are so deep that there's going to be guys that just – are not enough minutes to go around.
1: Yeah, well, if we say that Torian Prince is the fifth starter, that makes it AD, LeBron, Torian, Austin, and D'Lo as the five starters. Uh, you have Gabe there, who's going to be the third guard. Uh, I think Rui, of course, factors in heavily off the bench. Uh, then Vando and Christian Woods. So already That's those not... are nine guys, mm-hmm. I think, are going to heavily be in the rotation. That's probably your top nine right now. Uh, and then for for me i was i had max coming off that summer league breakout uh, and just kind of what this team needs uh, as you know we talk about perimeter defense like max is the one guy i think who could step in and he's a good three point shooter he's improved w- with his ability to attack off the dribble draw fouls get to the rim uh, and then we've seen i thought last year he was really solid defensively particularly for a rookie uh, so max is, is the one guy that i think can kind of rise into that 3 and D role and, and maybe change the way we look at the Lakers wing depth uh, but I think he's had a solid preseason overall but th- there have been some up and down moments in my opinion and I think Jackson Hayes just looked really good and we know the Lakers wanted to play some more two big lineups I think you've seen with Christian Wood they've almost exclusively played him with AD or with Jackson Hayes he's rarely been the only big on the floor uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of second-unit lineups of Jackson, Hayes, AD, Jackson, Hayes, Christian, Wood. Um, so I think maybe the Lakers go 10-and-a-half guys, and, and depending on the matchup, you know, some nights you, you go bigger with Jackson, some nights you go smaller with Max. Uh, but I think those nine, those first nine names we, we said are, are kind of locked in, and then it's probably going to be a little bit matchup-dependent for that 10th spot. But again, these are good problems to have. You know, you're, you're going to run into guys are going to go through shooting slumps Guys are going to get injured. Yep. Um, again, matchups are going to call and dictate for certain adjustments and, and, and certain guys playing. So um, th- this is a really good problem to have because in the past, you know, go back to last training camp and, and we're barely getting oh. to eight guys in the rotation and, and like, who should even start. Th- this is a great problem for the Lakers to
0: have. Well, when I started off the show talking. I mean, literally it's a world of difference from last preseason you got so many question marks about players, organization. You're stocked up on guards, not enough size. Darvin Ham's first year as a head coach, the Russell Westbrook stuff. This year, man, it seems like you know it was so cloudy last year and now that the sun is just shining. And I'm not telling you that the Lakers are perfect and they have a perfect roster. But definitely to start off the season, it's going to be a, a completely different. Um, you know, what became a conversation, I, I think it caught me by surprise and I actually, yesterday, I asked a question to Darvin Ham if he wanted to just give a little bit more info. Earlier in the week, last week, um, Darvin was talking about Anthony Davis, and the conversation came up. How many, you know, from a three-point perspective, and and he threw out a quote of, would love to see him shoot three a half, six total. And then yesterday, I think he clarified what he really meant more than anything else is he just wants him to have the green light. Um, mm-hmm. as we get ready for this year to start, and Anthony Davis, I mean, it was pretty cool just seeing AD yesterday against Giannis and um, the stat line AD had in just the first half, two steals, two blocks, 16 points, whatever he had, assists, rebounds. When you look at AD coming into this season, what what is your – what's your hope? What What are you hoping to see from a player that everybody is trying to say it's your squad – Take over the franchise. You're definitely the heart and soul. We go as far as you go. What are you hoping to see, and what what are your expectations for AD? Well, I think
1: to your point about the shooting, um, I think AD's jump shooting is arguably the key to the Lakers' offense in the playoffs. So I think if you go back to that bubble run, um, you know there were a lot of factors that went into it, but one of it was you know part of it, a large part of it. Was Anthony Davis' shooting? And if you just you know pull up basketball reference and look year over year, like that bubble year was a career year. And I don't even think he has to shoot at that level, but if he can get to eighty, ninety percent of that, I think that makes a world of a difference compared to the the recent shooting we've seen. If you look from that point, a D has decreased his three- point attempts each season. That was a career high. He, he averaged three point five attempts per game shot 33%. That's below average, not not even, uh, you know, shot better in, in the playoffs. But for the regular season, was still a below average three-point shooter, but he was at least a credible threat that you had to guard at the three-point line. Otherwise, he would knock down a few. And from that point, he's uh, decreased his attempts each season, and his percentage has yo-yoed 26% down to 18, back up to 26. But 26 is kind of in the range of you, you probably shouldn't be shooting them at that point. Uh, so I think if he can get into just the low thirties again, doesn't even have to be at the 3.5 or, or even of course the six that Darvin has referenced. Uh, but that just does so much for the offense where, you know, if, if AD can space the floor and, and he can pop in some of those pick and roll situations with LeBron, with Austin, with D'Lo, uh, I just think it collapses, you know, it stretches out a defense to the point of eventually collapsing them. That's something that you would see with golden state, for example, of, When Golden State would go five out or with those small lineups, you had to guard everyone at the three-point line, and then that's what opened up the driving lanes, where Steph Curry might not beat someone one-on-one off the dribble, but when everyone's spaced out, it's much easier to get to the rim. So I think that's something working in the Lakers' favor. AD has made at least one three in all four preseason games that he's played in. I think that's an encouraging sign. Uh, But I think... Just honestly, more of what we saw from him last season. I thought in the playoffs he was the best defender by a solid margin. Uh, so continuing that level of of defensive dominance, and then offensively, uh, if his jumper's there, I think it's also going to allow him to get take guys off the dribble, him to use more of his face-up game, and and I think people you know under or uh, you know uh, kind of overlook his offensive um, efficiency and and just how how versatile and and his repertoire uh because like last year he averaged 26 points a game i don't know what else people want from him like uh i'd be mean, 28 30 like it's hard to do that when you're sharing the ball with lebron uh when you have guys like D'Lo and austin like it's the lakers have multiple guys who, who can go off on any night um so i think ad was better offensively last year than people gave him credit for uh but but with all that i think the key is the jump shot if he can get that back to having the confidence and making it even at a slightly below average rate. And then you, you add in his elite defense. Um, and that's the recipe to me of a top five guy and a guy who should be an MVP conversation.
0: Yo Vaughn, uh, great stuff, man. We're looking forward to it. Only one more preseason game left. And uh, before you know it, Lakers will be in Denver taking on the Nuggets uh, next week on Tuesday. Thank you for the time, buddy. Greatly appreciate it.
1: Of course, anytime, man. Talk
0: uh, soon. All right. That is uh, Jovan Buha of The Athletic. When we come back, final thoughts. couple NBA stories I want to get into as well. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right. Great stuff from uh, Jovan Buha as always. Um, you know, he, he's done such a great job covering the Lakers. I, I love having those in depth conversations. I thought his answers were interesting. I thought the, you know, why the Lakers are not in that top tier. I, I thought the Torian Prince stuff was interesting as well. I, I think he agrees with me that he's going to end up being the fifth starter there for the Lakers. Um, I think all that stuff is – it's all relevant for now, and then the regular season is going to start, and then I'm sure there's going to be some new questions that come up. Uh, so we don't have another preseason game until Thursday. Right, I mentioned that. Final preseason game. By the way, an arena out in Palm Springs, 10,000 seats, already sold out. It's going to be actually a cool game. I'll, I'll be out there for that game as well. Um But the question that I think, and I mentioned a little bit earlier, I'd love to see the Lakers play some of their guys and just see what it looks like because the regular season's right around the corner. Kind of fascinated with the Phoenix Suns as well. The Phoenix Suns have um, a, a, a number of talented players, and I think there's also some guys. The question about, hey, do the Phoenix Suns have depth, and that was their biggest issue last year, I want to say I think they're getting those answers or those questions answered. Um, I, I, I will say this, that this game against the Phoenix Suns, we've got a chance so far to see a really good Sacramento Kings team, a really good Milwaukee Bucks team, a Golden State Warriors team, and now we're going to get a chance to see the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix got a roster, and I, I don't know if it's all going to click and it's all going to work, but KD, uh, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, we have not talked about some of the you know acquisitions that they went out and got Yusuf Nurkic was part of the deal that got DeAndre Ayton out of there. Frank Vogel is, of course, a championship head coach. I don't have to sell you guys on that. Eric Gordon is on their team. Um, they've gone, a- as best as they can, have put together a roster where I think the depth issues that they were having before, I, I don't think they're going to have. We'll just have to wait and see, but I find that team fascinating. Maybe it all just kind of uh, it blows up and none of it works, but a lot of people think that the Phoenix Suns have as much talent as any other roster in the NBA, uh, and, and that's going to be kind of our our first chance to take a look at it and see if uh, if if that's going to be the case. Now I don't know if Bradley Beal is going to play. I think he's missed some missed it uh, missed some of these games. Actually, no, he he is. Looks like he. There's a good chance that he will play, um, but nonetheless, Lakers and the Suns. I, I think that's a fascinating matchup, even though it's just preseason. And then we get a real, real opportunity to see these guys when they're all playing each other in the uh, in the regular season. Uh, last thing that I do want to mention, Victor Wembanyama. Um, Wembanyama, we got an opportunity to see for the first time on. Thursday, or actually, was I, I think on Friday. At least for me, I got to see some of his main highlights. All this hype right now around the NBA and these different teams and these different um, some of the youngsters. Scoot Henderson now is going to kind of have the keys in Portland. Wembenyama looked unfreaking believable in some of the stat in some of the highlights that I've seen so far. And I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I'm I'm watching Wembenyama games every night, but. How can you not have intrigue of seeing what this guy's going to end up doing in the league? How can you not have intrigue of just, okay, is he going to be one of those players that we all look at and say to ourselves, um, man, there was just way too much hype on him. He actually wasn't that good. Or is he going to be that special player that everyone has just kind of quietly predicted, not quietly, actually very loudly I just want to read off a box score. Michael and I were doing the pregame show, and Wembenyame was doing his thing. Ten of fifteen from the field, twenty-three points, four rebounds, four assists, and just go see the way he plays. Pulling up and taking threes at seven foot four. Um, just the the skill set is something that I know I've never seen before, and not that many people have. It's going to be fascinating to watch him play, even in you know they had a preseason game early on as well. Um, In that game, he had 20 points, went 8 of 13 from the field. So that's always going to be fun. That's always going to be exciting. And uh, that's really, you know, from an NBA perspective, I just want to get the game started. Once we get all these games started, we'll have a good idea of what some of the teams look like in individual players. And Wemby is definitely one on my uh, NBA League Pass. I'll be spending a lot of time watching, so we'll we'll certainly do that. Okay, Um, make sure you tune in all week long. We'll be talking about on all the local shows – lakers basketball and then on thursday we'll get a chance to do the final laker preseason game quick shout out to uh, michael funches mario ruiz rebecca womble helped out tonight as well um uh, i'll be back uh, tomorrow morning with travis rogers la as always greatly appreciate you guys being a part of the show have a great rest of your night